an invitation to something deeper. That's what we're being offered and what we're going to hear about today as Paul speaks to us. So before that, Rafaro is going to bring us our reading from John chapter 4. Our reading today is taken from John chapter 4, verses 1 to 26. Now Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. Although in fact, it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. So he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar. Near the plot of ground, Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon when a Samaritan woman came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God, and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as he did also his sons and his livestock. Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, Go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, You are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you have five husbands, and the man you know and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. 
Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshippers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshippers must worship in the spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah, called Christ, is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. This is the word of the Lord. Well, good morning, everyone, and uh, good morning, everyone who's watching at home as well. Let's, uh, let's pray before we reflect on God's word together. Father, we thank you for your life-giving word, and thank you for this wonderful story of your life-giving water. We pray, Lord God, that you'll be speaking to us by your spirit as we reflect together now in ways that will encourage us to walk more closely with you and share your love with others. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, there's an image that's going to come up on the screen, and uh, I want you to tell me what is wrong with this picture. So we've got a few of these. It's not the picture of the church. There's nothing wrong with that. It's very beautiful. But hopefully, what's wrong with this picture? So you may have seen this sort of thing on the, uh, on the internet as you've been filling, uh, filling time. Any ideas? There's no, well, there's no road on the other side, but there's certainly no river on the other side. So that's the sort of standard we're looking at on these, okay? So just to get a sense of what we're aiming for here. Now we've got um, uh, this one. I quite like this one. It took me a while to work this one out. So what's wrong with this picture? Oh, of course, someone sharp here. Someone sharp. Who was that? Ah, well done, Laura. So um, in case you didn't hear, polar bears you find at the North Pole. Penguins you find at the South Pole. Ah, good one. Okay, what's wrong with this picture? Third one, quite like this one as well. The camels in the desert, palm tree in the background. No, it's not the wrong kind of camel. No, no, it's not perspective. Have we stumped you on this one? No. The sun's in the background, but there's no shadow. Ah. Okay, let's go on to the next one then. What's wrong with this picture? Well, that's what we're going to explore in the next, uh, in the next few minutes. It's the uh, illustration of Jesus' encounter with this woman at the well. It looks okay, but uh, those who would have been reading this story in John's Gospel would have recognized there are lots of things wrong with what is happening here. First of all, Jesus is talking to a woman on her own. 
And rabbis simply didn't do that. It seems strange to us, doesn't it? It's um, something that can cause offence in our culture where we say that one person can't speak to another person. But that was the nature of things in those days. And Jesus was risking his reputation by spending time alone with a woman in that environment. It could become a source of gossip. There might be a fear that he might be drawn into immorality. So it's wrong on that level. But worse still, Jesus is consorting with a Samaritan woman. And the Jews and Samaritans had history. Ever since, some of the uh, Jewish exiles had come back from Babylon to find that the, the central section of their ancient territory was occupied by a group claiming to be the true descendants of Abraham, there'd been trouble. And as it reflected in the passage, Jews and Samaritans had nothing to do with each other. They certainly wouldn't have shared drinking vessels. And yet Jesus is asking a Samaritan woman for a drink. So it's wrong on that level. But there's more to it than that. The woman is at the well at midday, in the heat of the day. And you simply didn't do that. Why would you do that? Women, and typically it was women, would come to collect water, usually together, sense of community. First thing in the morning, or late in the afternoon when it was so much cooler. So if she's coming on her own at a different time, Perhaps she's hiding something, perhaps there's a sense of shame, perhaps there's something in her past, something of a reputation that means she doesn't want to be seen or doesn't feel able to be seen with others. This encounter is wrong on so many levels, and John's readers would have picked up on this. Jesus seems to be getting it all wrong. But that's Jesus for you, isn't it? He wasn't bound by convention. He didn't care what others thought of him. He challenged the status quo. And he ministered at the margins of society. We're going to be exploring this uh, particular encounter over the next two weeks. Today we're thinking about the encounter itself and what it teaches us. Next week we've got Archdeacon Christopher with us, both at Quakers Road at 9.15 and here at 10.30 as well, reflecting on the impact that this had on the woman, on her community, and on the disciples. I actually think this is a, a beautiful encounter. And rather than asking what's wrong with this picture, let's think about what's right and what that means for us as we hold out the good news of Jesus to us. And we're going to do that on three levels, as it says on the screen. First of all, we're going to think about the fact that the gospel... The good news of Jesus is for everyone. It's for all of us. The Church of England, of which we're a part, in this country, has a reputation for being middle class and populated by people of a certain age and social demographic. Christchurch bucks that trend to some degree, but is still not fully reflective of our local community. But the good news of Jesus has never been meant for one section of society. It's good news for everyone. The young and the old. The educated and the uneducated. The rich and the poor. 
the extrovert and the introvert. And this story is one amongst many of Jesus meeting people from all walks of life and with all sorts of backstories and offering them hope and new life. As he encounters this woman, he doesn't do some sort of mental suitability assessment to determine whether she's worthy of the good news. He simply loves her and accepts her and gives her his full attention. We're told in verse 6 that Jesus was tired from the journey. He didn't have to speak to this woman. He could have just sat aside somewhere out of the way. He had plenty of reasons not to engage with her. But he had something important to share, whoever she was, whatever her background and reputation. I don't know about um, your friends and people in your uh, sort of network, your neighbours, work colleagues. Maybe you see some people who you think, they've got it all together. Maybe you've got friends who seem to have plenty of things materially, they have a successful career, their family life seems to be very much together, maybe they've even got the looks to add. And it's easy to think, well, surely they don't need Jesus, they've got everything they need. Or maybe on the other extreme, you've got people who you work with or people who are neighbours or people in your family even who are too seem too rough and ready for Jesus. You know, they're not good enough. They're, or maybe for some people you think, well, it's too late. Maybe 20 years ago they might have been interested, but not now. They've lived too much. But whichever category our friends, our neighbours, our work colleagues fall into, the gospel is for them too. And Jesus treats everyone as individuals. And we've seen that over these last few weeks as we've begun to explore these early chapters of John's Gospel. So we've seen Jesus' encounters with Simon and Andrew, with Philip and Nathaniel, with Nicodemus, and now this Samaritan. And he treats each of them differently because he knows them and he loves them in their uniqueness. When sharing the good news, there's no magic formula guaranteed to work every time. There's no set form of words which ensures that someone responds to Jesus. Everyone is unique. And in this encounter, Jesus engages with a woman on a deeply personal level, but with respect and with compassion. Notice a very tiny detail even in, in verse 6 in the passage. He sat down. Jesus sat down at the well with this woman and they spent time together. It wasn't just a passing conversation. And we all know that when we sit down with people, we engage more fully and more attentive to them and the value of that, how important that is in our relationships with those around us. But Jesus gently confronts this woman with her past, her present and her future. He has insight into her life. He has the insight that she's been married five times. She has a complex relational history. In the present, she is now with another man who's not her husband. 
But rather than condemn and criticize, Jesus leads her gently forward. She tries to deflect the conversation away from herself onto matters of debate between Jews and Samaritans. But Jesus draws her back. And rather than debating different perspectives, he presents a vision of the future when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Which leads us into this third dimension of what's right with this encounter, as Jesus offers something that is life-giving and life-changing. It's characterised in this idea of living water, out of a conversation which starts with Jesus asking a woman for a drink, comes an offer of a drink far more refreshing than the purest of water from a well. And so we get that wonderful verse in verse 13, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman doesn't get it at first because she hasn't clocked on as to who she's talking to. Jesus has to make it plain to her a bit later when he says of the Messiah, I am he, I'm the one you're talking to. Up until this point, she's simply existing, she's going about her daily life, she's going in the heat of the day to collect her water from a well. We don't know what else is going on in her life apart from a little bit about her relationships. But Jesus offers her something more. He takes her deeper and he offers her refreshment and new life. That same offer that's there for each of us. It was summed up in uh, Peter's message last week with that uh, verse from John 3, verse 16, perhaps the most famous verse in the whole of Scripture. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, Jesus Christ, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. That offer, that hope is held out to each of us as it was held out to this woman at the well. When we talk to people about faith, it's very easy to start talking about the church or if we're a, a young person about the youth group or about some sort of group that we're a part of. But what we want to inspire people with is a message of faith, a message of the God of heaven and earth, the creator, our saviour, the life-giving Holy Spirit. We want people to be inspired by the God who changes life, the God who brings hope and purpose and fulfilment and adventure, the God who is with us through the darkest and most difficult times of life. Many of you know that in our family we've suffered a bereavement recently. My dad died three or four weeks ago and it's been a, a challenging time and it continues to be a challenging time, especially for my mum. But I've felt God's presence and God's strengthening and the comfort that only he can bring. And Jesus wanted this woman to know that there was more to the life that she was existing in 
There was so much more. She could go so much deeper. And we'll see as we go into, into next week and as Archdeacon Christopher joins us of just something of what she received and the way she responded to Jesus' message. We share Jesus faithfully and prayerfully, longing that people discover for themselves who he is and what he continues to offer. We long to see lives changed and people filled with that life-giving water, discovering their true identity and purpose. So let's hold on to the fact that the gospel, the good news of Jesus, is for all without prejudice. That this same Jesus treats everyone as individuals and that he offers something that is both life-giving and life-changing. Amen.